T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get it or punt. It could go on fourth. We're down at four, deep drop. Hurts loops out of trouble. Hurts trying to create with his legs. He does going airborne. Where's the spot? It's enough. First down. Jalen Hurts earns it. They talk about his leadership. This is leadership. This point of the ball game is what teams always talk about. Gotta have it on certain plays. Uh, that was Jalen Hurts last year in a game against the Chargers where if you can tell from uh, that play-by-play, uh, they needed to get it. He managed to break through, threw everything and body into it, got that first down. It's about leadership, Mike. It's about the intangibles. It's about all those things that Jalen Hurts offers. Yes, yes. he's got to throw the ball over the middle, <laughs> well, too. <laughs> well, that uh, uh, And I, I played that just to kind of segue into a, a discussion here. If you're on hold, if you're on hold, stay there, because I want to get to you a couple topics I want to uh, get into, including one of the callers wants to get into the Sixers situation with Harden. Um, but I want to do this first, which is you wrote this week, I thought, in a very good column, that Jalen Hurts may be the anti-Kyler Murray. That was actually the headline of the story. Um and is that going to work? And um, let's start just by talking about Kyler Murray and what happened with him this week, which is he signed a 230.5, don't, don't forget the tip money, uh, contract extension, um, just incredibly rich, I think 100 about 100, half of it, 160 million, I yeah. think. Yeah. 160 million guaranteed. And then news starts to trickle out that there's a clause in here that requires four hours a, w- a week, not a day, a week of, quote, independent study, unquote, for the team's next game. And it was, um, you know, stipulations about watching TV, can't do that, can't watch too many video games while studying. And it really made it seem like you have this insolent junior high school student who you have to bribe to do his homework it got to the point where i don't know who leaked it i imagine somebody within it has to be somebody with the cards right could be somebody within the league okay Um, oh that's true the other file it with the league so it gets leaked and he's asked about it he gets kind of real snitty uh about it in a newser the other day and uh, he, he says to the media, well, you don't believe in my preparation and maturity. It's not you. It's the team. Right. And as I wrote, this is such a silly and kind of confounding situation. If you believe in Kyler Murray as your franchise quarterback, why are you putting that clause in his contract? On the flip side, if you feel the need to put that clause in his contract, 
why are you giving the guy a quarter of a billion dollars? That's exactly right. You know, and I thought Murray's outrage, as you said, was kind of misdirected, right? It's not about the media. It's about him and the Cardinals, you know, agreeing to this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think I've watched some of the kind of the national coverage of this story and it's kind of confounded me uh, because everybody's putting the blame on the Cardinals. And don't get me wrong, the Cardinals are not a competent organization and they actually... (laughs) Remove this clause from his contract yesterday yes. because of the blowback they were getting yes. publicly. Um, but to me, this is as this is as if the Cardinals said to Kyler Murray, uh, "We don't trust you, and mm-hmm. you should be ashamed that we don't trust you." And Kyler Murray, by signing the contract, said, "You're right. You shouldn't trust me, and I should be ashamed of myself." I entirely agree. It's thoroughly embarrassing for everybody involved. And then when they take it out under pressure, it doesn't make them look any better. And we'll see how that works out for them. We'll see whether he lives up to that contract. Meanwhile, we have Jalen Hurts. And with Jalen Hurts, we have a guy who I think everybody agrees is dedicated to the game, will do his homework, everything you want in a guy in terms of leadership and being a teammate and all that. But can he play? That's that's the thing. And that to me was the interesting compare and contrast with these two guys is that Murray is so talented he can make all the throws, even though he's five listed at five foot ten, which means he's probably five foot eight. I don't know, I've never stood next to him. Um but he has all the physical gifts and the questions are does he play too many video games too much of the time? Yeah. Um Hertz is the opposite of that. Nobody has any doubts about his intangibles, as you said. But even watching him in that first day of training camp on Wednesday, there were a couple throws in seven-on-sevens where you're going, oh, that looks mm. similar to some of the plays he made during the regular season last year. And in that playoff game against Tampa, um, the throw's a little late. It's not quite where it needs to be. And, you know, you can look at kind of the the deep stats on him as a quarterback in terms of where he went with the ball and how often he went there. Uh, You know, I've heard it described as if you looked at his throw chart, it would look like a donut because he just didn't throw the ball in the middle of the field at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Got it. And so what's better? Like, can, can you work, if you're the Eagles, can you move forward in the way that you want to with a guy who may or may not have some shortcomings as just a straight up, pocket passer in the modern NFL. I hear so many people um, everywhere, callers to the station, hosts to the station, uh, people who uh, know a lot about football and people who don't, say, he's going to be this. He's you know, he's going to make it. He's not going to make it. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, I, I'm willing to say I don't have a blessed idea whether it's going to happen. This is the year it's got to happen. Yes. Right? You're, you're in or you're out now. They're going to give him every opportunity to succeed. He's got a terrific offensive line. He's got a great tight end. They brought in one of the 10 best wide receivers in the NFL, who's his friend. Um, they got a running game. There's no excuse for it not to work. The, the interesting thing to me about Jalen Hurts, and I actually wrote this in a column last year off of that game from the highlight that you played when they the lost to the Chargers. Yeah. He made some terrific plays late in that game to get them back into it and to tie the game. He threw a late touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. The complicating factor here is that the NFL is a league with a salary cap. If Jalen Hurts were playing in 1985, nobody would have any hesitation about him being the Eagles starting quarterback. 
because the financial end of things would be less of a concern. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you would look at him and say, he's a leader, he's a gamer. Um, is he is he perfect as a passer? No, but we believe in in Jalen Hurts the person. We believe in his mobility and all these other things. But because of the salary cap and because of the rule changes that have led to teams focusing even more attention and resources towards the passing game, you've got all these unanswered questions about him. You know, he's not going to be in his rookie contract forever. Uh, can he get the ball to these receivers in the way? That the Eagles want him to. Mm-hmm. As successful as that team was last season running the ball in the second half of the year, Glenn. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. They don't want to play that way. Nah. They don't. You don't sign Dallas Goddard to a lucrative long-term contract, and you don't draft Devontae Smith, and you don't trade for A.J. Brown right. so that you can have Jalen Hurts turn around and it's hand not, the ball off right. to Kenneth Gainwell. No. And it's not a league for slow development, and it's a league where... Look, Kyler Murray's not worth a quarter of a billion dollars, for God's sakes, right? right? But the market requires that, or he's going to leave, and then you got nothing. So after this year, or during this year, at some point, they're going to have to decide, okay, are we going to pay this guy, I mean, upwards of $100 million, right? Or are we going to move on? It's going to be really interesting. I don't think they'll bench him, uh, even for performance, uh, I was discussing this with my friend Zach Berman from The Athletic the other day mm-hmm. um, because they'll depress the asset, right? You can't just mm-hmm. let him walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got to move him. So the idea of like seeing Gardner Minshew, for instance, um, because Jalen Hurts gets benched, I don't think I think that's unlikely. Um, so it's it's a conundrum that they're not going to be able to solve until at least January of 2023. If you were the Cardinals, what would you have done? I mean, I know it's easy for us to say because we're not there and it's we don't have the pressure of you know the fan base and everything else. I think they're nuts. I, I do too. I, I'm coming around to the idea, and I know this is kind of odd to think of, of thinking that more and more, unless you know right away that you have got a quarterback on the level of a Mahomes or a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, you might just be better off cycling through guys and keeping them on their rookie contracts because, mm-hmm. you know, there are going to be quarterbacks you're able to find. Are they all going to be great? No. Are they all going to be even kind of sort of good? Maybe not necessarily, but you might be better off doing that than giving too much money to somebody who's got a ceiling mm-hmm. and, and inhibiting your ability to build a team That's up around interesting. Him. Has anybody done that? I don't know. Nobody's really tried it in that regard. Everybody wants the franchise QB. Right. You know? I mean, but look, look at what happened in 2017, right? The Eagles got a great season out of Carson Wentz on his rookie contract. Nick Foles didn't count much against the cap yeah, that nothing. year, right. made nothing, and they were able to build up the roster around them, and right. they win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Oof. That was good. Yeah, that's five years ago. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. It's just, it doesn't feel like five years ago, but I could take another one of those. Mike in Exton is with us. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind today? Uh, Mr. Sealski, this is Mike, the president of the Exton fan club of the Mike Sealski fan club. Wow. wow. Is that a big branch? You got a lot of members? I, I didn't know it existed. Just me. But I'm, Just you. <laughs> I'm pleased to know it's out there. Now, Mike, the last time we met, we were in New Hope at Tommy and me. I had you sign some articles. Oh, I know yes. You were in, here's the deal. I passed some of them out. One of them to a teacher in Wall Township, uh, New Jersey. My my cousin, he's a high school teacher, and he pinned it to his wall because he deals with a lot of, uh, I guess you say, New York fans. Wow. And finally, Mike, you also signed 
a laminated copy of said article from me. Yes, I, I remember that, Mike. Wow. Okay. I know you do. I know you do. And I didn't do anything peculiar with it, but I do sleep with it. Oh, well. Well, this is uh, this is important. Mike, uh, give me your thoughts on Sixers and Harden. I don't like it. You don't like that he's staying? You don't I, like what about it? I, I just don't think he has character. I don't think he's a player. Dick Vermeule said you need character. He, he took two shots. Yeah, that was pretty disturbing. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. All right, thank, thank you, you. And uh, we look forward to uh, the fan club checking in. You didn't know you had a fan club. How about I, that? I had no idea. I, I, didn't, I don't even have a fan club in my own house, <laughs> let alone Exton. <laughs> uh, we're going to get more into the Harden thing, but he brought it up. So, so let's kind of get it. Uh, get into it a little bit. We'll we'll leave the tampering thing aside for a moment. Um, Sixers again. I mean, almost like the Cardinals were in a tough spot, right? They, they didn't. I, I thought, given their options, signing him to that deal was about the best they could do. Which does not make him the most benevolent citizen in the world. Which is one of the ways the thing is being cast. But I thought if you're the Sixers, it's like eh, we got to do this. Yeah, neither party really had a choice in the matter, right? Because James Harden has to know he's in the best possible situation for himself in the NBA. No executive values him more than Daryl Morey. No player in the league is would compliment him as well on the court as Joel Embiid, but he's also getting older. He also is declining as a player. I think everybody can see that. Yeah. And so even if he becomes a free agent... And I think he's now going to be injury prone. Yeah, absolutely. Even if he becomes a free agent, are you really going to get the money that you think you might get um, on the open market that the Sixers ended up giving you guaranteed over right. two years? No, he, I think it was a smart business move for him. And yeah. It, 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 again... I kind of appreciate that he did it, but let's not say he's the most magnanimous guy in the world. It worked out fine for him. Right. Um, look, is it good for the Sixers that he said no to $47.3 million next year and took a 15 or $14 million pay cut against the salary cap? It absolutely is. In the main, I don't think he's going to be losing much money at all, and he's going to be better for it because they'll, they will be able to build a better team around him. So news comes out yesterday that the Sixers are now being investigated by the NBA for tampering and that all of what happened with this, which led to them signing other players and so on, is against the rules. I think that you think, as we discussed a little bit before the show, I think this is kind of a nothing burger. You think it's more than that. I think it's a little more than a nothing burger only because of what the apparent arrangement with Harden allowed the Sixers to do. It allowed them to get P.J. Tucker and to make all these other signings and, you know, trade and, and really, you know, augment their team as much as they possibly could during the offseason. But look, you're right, Glenn. This kind of thing happens. There's a reason that, you know, the instant before NBA free agency begins, oh, yeah. Woj and Shams and all the other, you know, news repositories of the league are tweeting out who's signing where. It's not as if these discussions aren't taking place before the This the is the way the league starts. This is, I mean, it's to, to a degree the way all the leagues work, but the NBA more than any of them, the NBA is all about collusion and back deals, and this guy wants to go here, and so they're going to, you know, LeBron wants to go with Bosh and Wade to Miami, and then uh, with, uh, what's the name, Davis to, to the Lakers, yes. and and I know that's players, not teams, so it's, it's a different kind of thing. Uh, Durant to the Warriors, it's the NBA is all about back room deals and handshake agreements, and these guys want to get with these guys. So 
What's going to happen out of this? I don't know. Maybe they're going to lose a draft pick. I don't know. But to me, like, what's the big deal? Yeah. I, I, I just, I'm not getting why this is a big deal in this league. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think they'll pay a fine. Um, remember, too, that Daryl Morey, um, whatever we may say about him locally and the performance he's had as the Sixers president, is not the most well liked person around the NBA mm-hmm. for several reasons mm-hmm. um whether it was his outspokenness oh, the, about china the, the china and, thing didn't yeah. yeah all of that Which, by so the way, i i applaud but so okay. do i so do didn't i didn't cost I, me money no and i've told him right. that yeah. i've told him that i applauded him for the stand he took okay so. all right let's get neil in the northeast wants to and by the way this is one of ray didinger's favorite callers so you should know that hey neil yeah mike i think you got to give yourself credit because the girl of salwick is a good university but the columbia you know you're obviously extremely intelligent to you know go to columbia and make it through all four years so well actually let me just correct you neil i appreciate what you're saying but the program at columbia was only a year Um, yeah it was kind of like a sausage press um so uh but i appreciate is that that what they put in the brochure for the college yeah yeah (laughs) columbia university just like a sausage press it's right there in bold lettering yeah yeah i want to ask you a couple questions and uh, get your answer to it First of all, like with the trade deadline, I think Dombrowski, you know, is going to definitely make a move, definitely for a pitcher, maybe a center fielder, but I think it would probably be more either Noah Sendergaard and maybe pay his salary or Baumgarten as opposed to... You know, I'm glad you mentioned Baumgartner because I like him. Um, I heard Jody Mack bring him up the other day, and I want to discuss that with Jody tomorrow. So as I understand it, Bumgarner uh, makes twenty-ish million this year. Um, see if you can call up his contract, and maybe it's he's got like a year or two at twenty, and then it goes down to eleven. Um, he's thirty-one years old. He's yeah. having a decent, not a great year, but a decent year for Arizona. And as Jody pointed out when I heard him, Bumgarner is like the best postseason pitcher ever. Yeah, he's amazing. And I'll I'll bank on that. If they can get Bumgarner, Neil, I'd be delighted. Yeah, well, we, we see the Giants winning three World Series. And yeah. Even, even though the Phillies had Hunter Pence, you know, actually, Pence, when he went over to San Francisco, he contributed a lot of RBIs. And oh, yeah. Hits, you oh, know, yeah. like, too, when he went over, yeah. as, you know, as well. Uh, I, I wondered um, about Rob Thompson, because I think he could be, you know, uh, I wanted your opinion about Mike Woody could be extended because he's bought, you know, like he's a very even keel. He's solidified the bullpen a lot. I think he deserves the extension, but. You would do he, it now. All know, right, let me ask him. Neil, I appreciate it. Would you feel the need to make the move now? Not now, no. But I do think there's merit in looking at him as a potential long term answer. I'm a big atmosphere guy when it comes to baseball managers. I think, um, as much as anything, the alignment between Charlie Manuel from 2007 to 2011 and the nature of that team that they had at that time, it was a perfect match. Oh, it's great. Absolutely. You you had all those good players, all those big egos, and people say, oh, it was easy. Just fill out a roster and, you know, that's it. Point to the bullpen. No. Charlie Manuel was great, and you said it, 
at having an atmosphere where all those guys could succeed together. There was never a player revolt. There nope. were ne- right. We never heard about feuds within the locker room. Charlie talked to everybody. You would see him. He would walk around, talk to everybody from the star players down to the twenty fifth guy, mm-hmm. and he knew how to run a clubhouse. And that's what that team needed. It absolutely did. Just quickly to answer Neil's question uh, and the question about salary, Madison Bumgarner making twenty three million this year, mm. making twenty three million next year. Mm-hmm. Due to make fourteen million in two thousand twenty-four, when he will be thirty-four years old. Yeah, and he, he what's his ERA this year? Around four? Yeah, not even three point eight three. Yeah, um, you know, he look. He's the on kind a of, bad team. On a bad team, he's the kind of guy that if he's starting a playoff game for you mm. at any stage of his career, you feel pretty good I about. Love it. it. I, you know what? I don't. They stink. I don't know if he's on the market, but I imagine he could be. And I, I'm uh, knocking on that door. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like him a lot more than some of the other names that have come up. Uh, Frank in Aston. Hey, Frank, what are you thinking today? Oops, it would be helpful if I hit the right button. Hey, Frank, what are you thinking today? Hey, nothing. I was just, uh, I was over, I was just, you know, I was listening to a previous caller talk about hard and talk about the Sixers. I knew you uh, were taking a break from for a second, uh, you know, about the tampering. Yeah, whatever's on your mind. What do you got? But, uh, I just think it's funny because, uh, you know, Harden came towards like the end of the year, you know. He started to really get down Doc's scheme yet, a hundred percent. You know, I think he needs to get a full year under his belt. I think he needs to feel more comfortable. You think he'll come back still, strong? Yeah, I, I mean, he's still averaging what, like you know, twenty. Okay. Well, here's seven. the thing, and thanks for the call. Um, he was when he initially got here. Remember those first oh, couple yeah. games? Whew. It's like they finally got the guy. <laughs> this is gonna. We're gonna cruise to the finals, and then. I don't know how much of it had to do with the hamstring. I don't know how much of it had to do with he shot. I don't yeah. know. But it didn't end well. No, it didn't. And I don't I th- know what to believe. I wonder if people who follow the Sixers and even James Harden himself have to adjust their expectations of what kind of player he is. He's not going to be the guy you give the ball to with seven seconds left on the shot clock, and he's going to create his own shot. I think you have to think of him more as a point guard, Mm. uh, more as somebody who's going to get the ball to Joel Embiid and Mm. Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris in good places on the floor. And I think if James Harden can come around to that vision of himself, the Sixers will be better for it. The question is whether he can do that. Hey, you know, um, you're on Facebook. Does your Facebook call up your memories of things you posted on this? Yes. Day okay. It does. So I got this. Here's what I got. 11 years ago today. Glenn Macnow, June, July 30, 2011. Hey, new eagle Jason Babin will join Ray and Glenn on 610 WIP in a few minutes. Great day to be a Philadelphia sports fan, eh? Don't you just wish sometimes you could reach into your past and snatch out some of the things you say and post and just remove them from history that was, forever? That was the same week that Hunter Pence came and the Dream Team was all coming together. And we went out, we interviewed Namdi Asamoah, training camp. And it's like, where is it going to be the World Series and the Super Bowl? Think back to 2011. I just did a column for tomorrow's paper. It's on Inquire.com now about Brandon Graham. And in 2011, Brandon Graham was considered a bust. Yeah. And yep. the Eagles' new defensive line coach, a gentleman named Jim Washburn, oh. hated Brandon Graham. Nine. Yeah. Oh, God, I hated Jim Washburn. Yeah. And uh, he loved Jason Babbin, who had like 16 sacks I think and he, three tackles. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was all he did was chase quarterbacks. And I think he said at one point, like, I don't, I don't get paid to stop the run. Yeah. God, I, well, the definition we've of, all done the show on the players that you like the least who've been here over the years. He's, he's in my top the five. The definition of a mercenary. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Absolutely. 215-592-9494. Coming up, what we're watching. Mike Sielski turns on the TV. What is it that he's viewing? Uh, Glenn Mack now. Mike Sielski on 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time for What We're Watching. I'm no slouch myself. (laughs) It's in the hole. The best in current movies and TV. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. With Glenn and... Oh, well, hello there. What's your name? Mike Silski. Hey, Mike, come here. Let me look at you. Michael! Hey, Mikey! Go to the bathroom! Say my name. Eisenberg, you're goddamn right. Whoa! That was some quick work. Wow. What, you and Moshe got together before the show? What's up with that? I got the extant chapter of the Mike Sealski fan club together to put that (laughs) together for for my debut show. Moshe. Good quick work by you, thank man. You, thank you. Yeah, well, I, I figured you did all that future, this morning, right? We can, yeah, for the yeah. future we can talk to Mike and and make it what he wants. But I thought that was a good uh, intro. Working so, some yeah. some Godfather, some that '70s show, Monster yeah. Zinc and the Goonies. That was terrific. Hey, so he, go ahead. I was just going to say, capping it with Breaking Bad is is the coup de gras, right? Well, there. that was what was always there. So I, I need to. We're going to have to cut two of those because I'm doing it with Mike and I'm doing it with Jody. Jody's a good TV guy, so. Okay. I may ask people uh, the next couple of days on social media what cuts, what are the iconic TV and movie cuts from the last 20 years because, I mean, we have Caddyshack in there, which is one of my favorites. You took a shot at Caddyshack I this did, week? That is incorrect. I think you did. Do not re- misrepresent I what I said. I said that Caddyshack was like the greatest iconic. Here's what I said. This was, actually, I know what it was because it was Rex Chapman put up uh, that it was the f- uh, 40th anniversary, I think, of the release of Caddyshack. And I tweeted back to Rex, who, by the way, is the greatest follow in Twitter, right? He's we very, all agree on that. Very entertaining. Okay. That next to The Godfather, Caddyshack is the most quoted movie around, uh, among guys. Yes. And no guy has ever golfed around without at least, you know, two. We all, everybody mm-hmm. has done it. Everybody does it all the day. You're no slouch yourself. I mean, with all these lines, right? Pond would be good for you, Glenn. There you, <laughs> there, there, there you go, right? Big hit of the llama. Yeah. 
I could do. We could do this all day. I promise we won't. But the reference Ray and I cut that sound thing like ten years ago, mm-hmm. and maybe we shouldn't still have Breaking Bad and Caddyshack, and I forget what else is in there. We should do new ones. So I'm going to ask people on social media this week, and I'll tag you, and sure. I'll tag Jody, uh, and most I'll tag you because you'll probably end up producing it. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> Matt Battle might uh might work okay, in some fine. some help with that too. He's okay, that's fine. That's great. Um, what are the iconic movie and TV lines last 15, 20 years? And we'll update that, and we'll do one for Mike and one for Jody. Sound good? Yeah, and, and we can either you know have somebody saying their names. Uh, I don't think I can dig up people saying the Jody name Clark? Jody in movies. It doesn't know. come up quite so often. Uh, that's that's a good question. Has there ever been a great Jody character in a movie or yeah, TV Yeah, well, show? the one that I can think of is the Jody character in Pulp Fiction is, is, oh, yes. is the woman. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> who 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 uh, has to get the, uh, the the injection to wake up? Right? Well, no, no. Is it Jody? Jo- Jody's the wife. Jody, oh no, she's the one watching. Jody, played by uh, 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 what's her name? The sister of the thing. What's Roseanne Arquette. Arquette. I had Arquette. Yes, yep. in my mind. Thank you. Yep. Anyway, I don't think that's the Jody that Jody McDonald wants to use. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Nonetheless. What we're watching is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Take advantage of Guided Door and Windows' big summer sales event. Receive 40% of all windows and doors. Call 1-877-GO-GUIDA or visit go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Mike Sielski, what are you watching? So I have watched this past week episodes three and four of The Captain on ESPN, the seven-part documentary about Derek Jeter. Can I give a preemptory review having watched none of it go well that's kind of my complaint too which is that if you're going to do a seven-part documentary about someone that someone ought to be the most compelling figure in the documentary thank you and Derek Jeter is about seventh on this list of people who are being interviewed about Derek Jeter thank you Um, now I've watched episodes three and four which cover the three-peat that the Yankees went through in 98, 99, 2000, and then a little bit with their rivalry with the Red Sox in 2003 uh, when they beat them on the Aaron Boone home run in Game 7. And similarly to The Last Dance, Jeter has creative control over this in the same way that Michael Jordan did over The Last Dance. So the fact that the Florida Marlins beat the Yankees in the World Series is almost like it didn't happen. Really? Yes. It's it's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. But but more than anything, even through these two episodes, the Yankees of that time are compelling. There are figures around the team and around Major League Baseball who are compelling. Top of that list, Alex Rodriguez, who yeah. is far more complex, I think, and far more has had a much more controversial and interesting career than Derek Jeter. Sure. Um, but the documentary is not about them. It's supposed to be about Derek Jeter, and you're not getting anything uh, where you're looking at Jeter and saying, oh, I didn't know that about him, or we haven't seen that side of him before. It's just kind of, yeah, he's the guy we thought he was, and it ain't that interesting. Great player, Hall of Fame player. In certain ways, I thought he was overrated. I never thought he was particularly good. Defensive player winning the gold gloves, but that's not important. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer, absolutely, and the central figure on a franchise that had a lot of great years. 
That said, he's got all the personality of wet cardboard. Yeah. And always has seemed to. Um, you referenced the Michael Jordan thing, which was a tremendous documentary, even with the flaws yes. of it being Michael Jordan's version of the story with very little blowback and, you know, counterpoint. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fine. The other thing about the Michael Jordan thing that was so perfect, and, and Mike Tolan, the local guy who we've had on the show, was very involved in this decision, which was, hey, there's a pandemic. Let's get this thing done and on the air. Yes. Um, I don't think we realized how long the pandemic would last when it happened, but... It was, hey, we're all stuck in our home. Let's watch this. And it was it really, uh, it was very good for the time. Michael Jordan was a fascinating guy. And that that one did build in some of those other personalities. For better or worse, Scottie Pippen. Yes. Mostly for worse. Um, and some of the opponents and Phil Jackson. And I learned a lot about a lot of people. I don't care about Derek Jeter. I haven't watched a minute of it, and I don't think I will. I I'm not sure... I'm going to continue watching it in part because I covered the Yankees a little bit during the time that I spent working in New York mm -hmm. um, in 2010 and 2011 and was around Jeter a tiny bit. Uh, I have a few colleagues and friends who were being interviewed on the documentary, so it's nice to see them and get their insights. Um, but as I said, he is so far from being the most compelling figure in the documentary. Yeah. And some of what the people who produced it are forced to do is try to kind of gin up uh, conflict and, you know, antagonists to him. Right. Obviously, A-Rod is one of them. They were friends and they had a bit of a falling out. But there's no Pippin there who's yeah. kind of butting yeah. heads with Jeter. Yeah. The best that they can do is Chad Curtis, you know, <laughs> who was like a fourth Ooh, outfielder yeah. in 1999. Oh, yeah, the famous Curtis feud. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's like, okay, really, I'm supposed to get worked up about the fact that Chad Curtis didn't like Derek Jeter. Uh, give it a grade. I I, I grade things uh, A through F. Ray used to give them one through five stars. Sometimes I'll do one through ten. Give it a grade however you choose to make your grading scale. All right. Out of four stars, I would give it a generous two and a half. Oh, I'm not tuning that in. Yeah. Okay. I'm not doing it. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. Nice contribution. Well, thank you. Welcome to what we're watching. And I will tell you this. You and I can talk sports all day long. I've been... I, do it all the time. More people reach out to me either in person or email or social media and want to know what I'm watching on TV. I don't know if that's a reflection of how they value my opinion on sports. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think it's that people are always looking for something to watch. And if we can give them something good to watch, particularly British crime shows, as we've learned over the years, Moshe, that's what they want. We will give that to them. I, I have well, that's to... what you want to recommend. <laughs> but they but they love that. I'm they telling do. you, people get back to me all the time. What British cop show are you watching? Give me a British cop show. I, I have to admit that when the pandemic began, mm -hmm. I hoped that I would get into more TV shows and streaming sorts of things than I did. Yeah. And there's plenty that I've watched. But I found going back to kind of old standbys, was something that was oh, really appealing like, to me. I have a friend who watches Mannix and no, but you know Mary what? Mary Tyler Moore. What, uh, what, are you, well, what are you watching? Uh, Glenn, I'm only 47. I'm not 67. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What are you watching? Um, okay. The first nine seasons of Law and Order are just yeah television at its finest. Okay. Got to be honest. Uh, I respect that. I, I whatever. There's but here's the thing. Television now is better than ever. My friend David Biancooley, who is a TV critic, uh, you'll hear him on NPR. He's one of the best refers to this as the platinum age of TV. People yeah. always said there was the golden age. This is the platinum age. There's more good 
programming now than ever. I read a thing last week. The, the TV critic of the of Rolling Stone magazine, uh, who I follow on Twitter, Alan Sepinwall. Sepinwall, yeah, yeah, said there are last year there were six hundred scripted shows on TV. He said his job's a TV critic. He can't get to half of them. Right. I get to ten percent of them, maybe not even. But I find good ones. And our job, Mike, should you choose to accept it? doesn't have to be scripted shows, but our job is to find those shows for our listeners. Will this message self-destruct in 10 seconds? <laughs> the show might if we don't move on. <laughs> okay. Let's get Brian in the Northeast. You're on with uh, Mike Sealski and Glenn Mack. Now, hey, Brian. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you, sir. Um, I just wanted to uh, say to Mike that um, I've been listening to WIP for over 30 years. And generally speaking, um, in my own personal experience, that I listen to WIP Monday through Friday to be entertained, and I listen to WIP on the weekends for intelligent conversation. Not not to slight the guys during the week, but that's that's my history with WIP. I do think Mike will add to that on weekends. I don't think there's any question about that, and I think it's a great thing. So congratulations, Mike. I hope it uh, it keeps going. Brian, and, thank you so much. And just for the first hour and a half of the show, I think you guys have a great chemistry already. Thank you. I appreciate so that, that. that. That's a good thing. Glenn, it's my first time talking to you, too. So. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. Uh, what do you think about the, that Phillies lineup? Yes. I, I'm not a big fan of analytics. You know, um, I'm an older guy. I don't like the analytics part mm-hmm. of it. But if you have Kyle Schwarber leading off who basically hits home runs, aren't you automatically, if you average four at-bats a game, eliminating his leadoff of a game from the possibility of him driving in more runs? Well, here's the thing. He's got 32 home runs and 65 RBIs. It's not a great ratio. No. It kind of makes, it kind of makes Brian's point. Yes, it, it does to a degree. I think, um, as I said earlier in the show, I think... You're, yes, you are guaranteeing at least one at bat a game that he is coming up without men on base. Exactly. Um, but the flip side of that is there are going to be other situations where he does come up with men on base, and it's not as if necessarily hitting him third or fourth is going to guarantee that he's going to have a ton of RBI opportunities. Look at Bryce Harper last season when he was the National League MVP, 35 home runs, 84 RBIs. Mm-hmm. So... You know, and he had an yeah, OPS of yeah. over a thousand. So, you know, the the upshot. I was just going to say that the the upshot, the benefit of batting Schwarber leadoff too, is that you're getting him more at bats. If he hits a lot of home runs, the the leadoff hitter presumably is going to get the most at bats yeah, of any player in the game. I get that. Hey, thanks, Brian. Day. Call again. Uh, nice to hear from you. Yes, but you are getting more at bats. You have the opportunity for those more home runs. However. You are correct in that most of the times when he comes up later in the game, he will not lead off an inning. That's just the law of averages. But he's coming up after Bryson's thought. He's coming up after, whatever, Matt Veerling. You're coming up after the 8-9 hitters who bat 8th and ninth for a reason. You're yeah. not going to get as many RBI opportunities. The problem and the reason he's batting first is, we discussed this earlier, they don't have a leadoff hitter. No. It's it's not. I mean, maybe it's Alec Bohm, but as you pointed out, he never walks. He, he doesn't run particularly well. He doesn't steal bases. He's not. You know, it's, there's there's nobody. It's a real flawed lineup. Look, they've built this whole team around the idea that 
it was going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, that it had five, six, seven guys who you know could hit the ball four hundred feet at any time, and some of those guys either aren't in the lineup in the case of Harper, yeah, or aren't hitting the ball out of the ballpark in the case of Nick Castellanos. So, um, again, they don't have a lot of options here, and they don't have a diverse and versatile enough roster that they can shift the lineup around too much. It's so funny. I watch them every night, right? And I'm and I'm looking at the lineup right now. I'm on baseball reference. I'm looking at the, the stats. Mm-hmm. How the hell is this team in the play? Yeah. <laughs> it, really? It's amazing. I mean, who's having a good year? Real Muto's not having a good year. Hoskins is, is now. He's hitting home runs, and he's, he, he draws walks, which I appreciate. He's still only hitting 250, but that's kind of what he is. Gregorius was having a terrible year. Segura, before he was hurt, wasn't doing well. Um, I guess you're having a good year because Nola and Wheeler. Yeah, that's right? that's basically that's it. it. That's basically it. And um, you know, and Schwarber, you know, hitting the ball out of the ballpark as often as he does. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. He's Mike Sealski. I'm Glenn Mack now on ninety four WIP. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now ninety four WIP. This is the time of the show where we check in with our doctors from Cooper Bone and Joint, and it is always a pleasure. To talk to my pal, Dr. David Gelt. How you doing today, Doc? Pretty good. Welcome, Mike, uh, to the show. I uh, really enjoy reading your, uh, your column, so it's uh, good to have you on. Thank you, Doctor, and uh, great to have you on the show. So let us start, Doc, with Gene Segura, who could be back in the lineup in the course of the next few days. Uh, if you recall, and I know we spoke about this, on way back on May the 31st, he got hit by a pitch. He broke his right index finger. Uh, he has been uh, taking batting practice, actually doing a rehab assignment. So they initially thought he may be out all the way to September. So this is a nice early return. A couple questions on this. One, is there a way or is there a need to protect the broken finger moving forward? Or are you just kind of, it's healed and we move on? Yeah, I mean, with, with bones, the good thing is once it's healed, it's healed. Um, you know, what happens is it forms callus, uh, which is like a thickening around the the fracture site where it's broken and then it forms pills within. So once it's healed, it's good to go. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a weaker area once it's healed completely. Uh, the biggest thing is really just to try to get his range of motion back, get his grip strength back, to be able to grip a ball, grip a bat, um, and squeeze the uh, as much as he can. Obviously, with uh, with batting, you have to be careful about another ball hitting his finger. So he may have that little guard on his hand or something like that. But um, you know, it's really just a fluke injury if it happens again, unfortunately. Doctor, is there something that Segura can do to facilitate that process of getting uh, used to having his finger work again? I mean, you know, are there exercises, physical therapy that he should do or would have to do um, to kind of uh, make things easier to, to get back to full health? Yeah, he's been in the process now. Once the, the pins are removed and he starts gripping, doing some range of motion, he gets like a squishy stress ball, starts squeezing that, and starts using the, the grippers that you know, every kid used to do when he was uh, trying to get his hand strength back you know, uh, or get stronger. Um, so doing those things and then uh, just doing other rehab uh, with some therapy, uh, getting his hand around a bat, starting squeezing that and throwing. Um, so those type of things are just to get him back to the ball shape. All right, Doc, I have a very important medical question for you because it's the one that's been debated for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, is Nick Sirianni not working his team hard enough? Well, it's uh, too early to say, I think. You know, obviously, uh, 
you know, we'll see how how they do if they you know they may get be a little rusty and the problem is if you're rusty and you take four four games to get back to game shape you know should you be doing that before in the preseason so you know the We'll see what happens uh, once the season really starts kicking in. All right, Dr. David Geld, it is always our pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I do. Uh, I do want to say I do uh, agree with uh, with Mike about uh, the captain. I did uh, watch the first episode. And I asked that uh, we'll go forward uh, with it. Um, I think definitely need a compelling uh, uh, personality. I think for that seven uh, documentary. And, so. and he was not that. I mean, he's a great player, and he's good, and he's uh, you know he's. Uh, a great role model, but I don't know. For to watch seven episodes, it's, it's hard. Right. You need something. You, you need a fool or something like that. I believe we call that a second opinion. Doc, <laughs> yeah. thanks so much. All right, guys, be well. On. We'll talk to you soon. Thank there you, you doctor. There you go. Hey, and he agreed with me, so it I'm was well worthwhile him weighing in. I am in. not going to watch a minute of that one. I, I, I love documentaries. I do, um, too. And I went into it with higher hopes, um, but it's just not all that interesting. Yeah. Um Real quick, Glenn, uh, Joda Camera chiming in. I uh, texted me with an idea for Jody's What We're Watching yeah, opening. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, I'm trying to find characters named Jody. I'm not coming up so with So he, he didn't have a character, but he did have uh, a, a, a thespian, an actress. Okay. Not an actor, an actress. Oh, so he thought I yeah. could use one of these kinds of things. The Oscar goes to Jody. And the Golden Globe goes to my bestie, Jody. That's just cut yeah. off the foster. Yes. Nice. Yeah, that works. Good. Save that. Hey, Joe DeCamera, nice work. Much appreciated. Like it. Uh, let's talk to... I cannot get this mouse to work, Mosh. Let's go to Aaron in Norristown. Hey, Glenn. How you guys doing? Hey, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hey, hey Mike. So, enjoy the show. Um, so, uh, I was going to talk about the Phillies. You were talking about Gene Segura earlier, and I wanted to add to that i think when he comes back which i guess should be next week because he's on his rehab assignment you know getting bryson stott who's a good ball player but needs to develop you you were talking about he wasn't doing that well he was batting 275 and he was on pace for like 20 homers and 80 rbis i think when you put him in the lineup it stabilizes a lineup that is inconsistent and i actually think if they can get a center fielder which everybody talks about needing a pitcher you know their era is still below four mm-hmm. if they had a more consistent offense instead of hovering like six to seven games over 500 you get to like 10 12 games over 500 with a center fielder who can stabilize that lineup with segura and you bring harper back i mean maybe they can make some noise in the playoffs what do you guys think about that i think it's an interesting idea aaron what's what makes it more interesting to me is that the phillies were 21 and 29 when gene segura broke his finger yeah, and they're right. thirty-two and eighteen cents. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm not suggesting that losing right. Segura lot, is good. A lot of reasons. Well, a lot they of reasons for that. Managers in, in the yeah. middle of that too. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, I I do think there's something to the idea that, you know, Segura is what's the term? Professional hitter. That's what he right. does. Um, he's relatively consistent. Um, and you get him back, you get Harper back, and I and I do think there is something to the idea that the, the lineup needs a little bit of stabilization. Okay, so can we agree on this? Uh, and I, I listen. I'm, I'd be happy to have Segura back. How about we put Didi on the bench? Put Stott I, I agree at with short. That too. I would put, put Stott at short. And, yeah, and yeah. I, I agree with that. And 
And, uh, you know, I think also people talk about getting a pitcher. Well, you know, a pitcher's going to pitch one out of every five days. How much better would a fifth starter do than what Falter did last night? Or, yeah, if got, I don't, know, I'm uh, not believing in that. And, I'm not and believing Gibson in Falter, is, but, but Gibson I mean, is so up and they, down. I need somebody better than Gibson. Game, are they losing games? Let me ask you this question. Are they losing games when they lose games because of their hitting or their pitching? I mean, they're, it's mainly because they, they lose games like to the Braves 4-3 or 2-1. They're not losing because well, they're pitching. Well, they're averaging, I just saw this today, they're averaging 4.7 runs a game this season. Which but in th- that's at the sports, that, that average is, is a little fifth, bit this Fifth in the league, fifth in baseball, excuse me. Okay, no. I hear you, and, and, and thanks for the call. Listen, I'd love to get, I mean, if you get another hitter, what are you going to get? Are you a center fielder? Yeah, it has to be because and, it's such a hole out there. Yeah, I did a show with Ricky Ricardo a couple weeks ago, and he said that um, Michael Taylor, who's mm-hmm. now with Kansas City, would be a good one. Now, he's not really much of a hitter, but he can play defense. Yeah, you know, I do think there's merit to what Aaron said in terms of the consistency of the offense, right? Like, if you score eight runs one game and get shut out the next, you're averaging four runs a game, mm-hmm. but that's not exactly the way you want to average four runs a game. So th- there is something to that. I still think that the starting pitching at the back end of the rotation is the highest priority here. It really is. You're going to get Harper back. You're going to get Segura back. They're going to make you better, presumably. There's more that these other established players you have in the lineup have to give. So you got to kind of count on that. And shockingly, you're as familiar aside. Yeah. The, the bullpen has been good. It was terrific last night. And I think the manager gets a lot of credit for that because the bullpen was not good under Girardi. And I think part of it was he did not know how to use guys and when to use guys. Yeah, I think that's part of it. As I said earlier, I think the atmosphere matters. I think if you handed Joe Girardi a lump of coal at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, by the time 10 p.m. rolled around, he would have squeezed it into a diamond. <laughs> and I think... A little tight. Yeah, I think... You did not mean that as a compliment. No, I know. Yeah. no. And I think Rob Tons, Thompson's general demeanor and the way he goes about things makes a big difference. 215-592-9494. Hey, coming up! Ray Dinger! Yeah! Who? Who? Yeah, we get 15 minutes with Ray. That's going to be a great time right here on 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.